You know what I'm saying? So like, as we, as we lean, as we lean into Jesus, as we walk towards Jesus, as we pursue holiness in relationship with Jesus, um, the enemy is like pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling back as hard as possible. I don't know if you've experienced any of that this week, but I, I want you to know that um, if you have, there's probably a reason there. Uh, we've been praying just so super hard for you this week um, that the Lord would speak to you, um, that uh, the Holy Spirit would bring conviction upon your life, that uh, God would speak to you in the area of forgiveness, and maybe more specifically that that uh, the Holy Spirit would speak to you in the area of unforgiveness um, and, and what you might be holding on to and that the Holy Spirit would, would kind of peel back some of the layers of hardness that develop after or when we, when we hold on to unforgiveness um, year after year after year, relationship after relationship after relationship. Um, can you tell the enemy doesn't want anyone to hear me speaking this morning? Um, so we're going to go for it no matter what, right? Uh, if i got to go without a mic, we, we will, and it just won't be online, <laughs> okay? Um, so last week we, um, we began to speak into this area of forgiveness that has to do with our forgiveness of others. The very first week that we talked about forgiveness, we talked about um, God's forgiveness of us. How God's forgiveness of us is total, it is immediate, and it is unilateral, right? When we confess and repent to Him, uh, when, we, when we turn from our sin, when we desire to walk towards Jesus, that there is, that there is, that there is no sin so deep, no soul entanglement so entangled, Right? That, that God's forgiveness does not break, break through that sin and set us free. And that as a, as a people, um, we, we receive a new identity from the Father because of what Jesus has done. And that identity is one as forgiven. And forgiveness, forgiveness is not a, forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness imparted to us is an identity. Forgiveness imparted to others is not, a, is not a feeling. It's a choice. Right? So we say things like, um, um, are you choosing to forgive? And we say that in, intentionally because often what we run into is uh, an attitude within my own heart that says, um, I will forgive when I feel like I'm ready to forgive, like I feel ready to forgive, and so now my, my actions will come from my, out of my feelings, right? Rather than the other way around, we, we, we describe forgiveness, we believe that the Bible speaks of forgiveness not as a feeling, but as a decision. I'm, I'm making a decision to forgive someone else. And when I make a decision, when I step forth in action, then feelings follow action, 
actions don't follow feelings. Last week, um, we gave this definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is the decision to release someone from the debt or obligation that resulted when they injured me. So, so someone did something to me. They hurt me in some maybe significant way, maybe very menial way. They, they did something that caused injury in me, right? And so now they are either in emotional debt to me, they're in physical debt to me, they're in spiritual debt for me. You did this, so now you must pay for what you've done, right? And so we, we treat them differently. We break relationship with them. Um, we, we expect things that are, that are unfair and unnecessary and irrational from them. We put them in a place of emotional and mental and spiritual debt to us when they've hurt us. And we talked about how um, last week the, the parable of the unmerciful servant from Matthew chapter 18 describes this as, as, a, as a debt that is unpayable, right? Um, on the opposite side of forgiveness, we have unforgiveness, right? And, and, and unforgiveness is, the, is the, the decision, right? Not the feeling. Unforgiveness is the, the decision to regularly return to, review, relive the moment of injury. What? Well, I want to go back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uncover the dirt and like a... Like an archaeologist, I'm going to review and rediscover and re-enter and, and relive all of that hurt that I experienced in that, in that moment. And, and any time that I feel like it, right, I'm just going to go back there and I'm going to jump back in that pool again. And, and what happens when we live in unforgiveness is that we, we so easily go back to that place of that moment of that hurt and we allow it, right, to continue to stew and build and infect and destroy. And we talked last week about five rationalizations that people give um, to not forgive, right? Uh, I'm not going to go over those again this morning because we've got a lot to do. But unforgiveness is that decision to return to the thing that hurt us the most and play with it again. The writer of Proverbs says, like a dog returns to what? It's vomit. It's a very clear picture of the decision to not forgive. It's like a dog returning to its vomit. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness rips a swath of destruction through your life that consumes all that could be and would be joy-filled. It tears a path through everything that has the ability to bring joy into your life. The, the poison of unforgiveness does not just rot your soul, 
but it seeps into the relationships and circumstances of your life as well. Did you ever refuse to forgive someone? Ever refuse to forgive someone to live at, at, uh, at enmity with someone else? And, and the people around you that don't even know the person begin to hate the person because of how unforgiving you are towards them? You ever notice that? You ever notice that your kids will not like the people that you don't like? Why? It's not because they have something against them. It's not because they were injured by them. It's because unforgiveness pours out of us like a, like a poisonous well, right? And spills onto every relationship and person around us. And here's the reality is that unforgiveness in any relationship in your life will cause pain in every relationship of your life. If you're holding unforgiveness against anyone, it will cause pain with everyone in your life. It will simply carry the fallout of our decision to not forgive everywhere we go on all the people that we interact with in every place we are. Now, what we want to do this morning is um, we want to begin to talk about how we forgive. And um, I confess to you that um, there are not, like, I'm probably not going to tell you anything you don't already know. Right? Um, I will offer you um, a, a few things that have, that have helped me, right, in my um, in my process, my both decision and process to forgive other people. Um, out of some sermons that I've listened to in my life, some things that have blessed me. And if you think, well, um, pastor, it's easy um, for you. You're a pastor and you just forgive everyone all the time, no matter what. And you don't have any leftover hurt in your life. Well, remember... Um, how last week we, we handed out these um, index cards for you. They're just blank index cards, right? Was anyone not here last week? If you, if you weren't here last week and you want an index card, there's some, Jake's got some in the back, right? We'll pass some out. If you want one, just hold your hand up, right? I'll explain to you what we're doing with them. You're going to need them today, right? Some of you took 10 or 15 or 20. Probably I could have done that if I, like, really wrote out everything here, right? But, um, but... What we did here, we're using these in index cards to, to catalog the people that have hurt us and the unforgiveness that we're still holding on to. I choose to forgive blank for blank, right? And, um, and in my own time with the Lord this week and last week, and um, honestly, I have my very top forgiveness here, um, Goes back to 1987. Okay? My top unforgiveness goes back to 1987. So I've been holding on to it for a while now. Okay? Um, and um, and, and I've, I've cataloged quite a few unforgivenesses that I 
am realizing that I've been holding on to. People that have hurt me, um, said things to me, done things to me, and every time I see them, it, it kind of just turns over in my soul one more time. And no more, right? I, I don't want this anymore. I don't want these things anymore, right? Um, they're, they're chains on me. And so today, today, um, today then becomes the, the moment of decision for Cameron to say, I, I choose to forgive these people for these things. I'm, I'm laying it down. No longer, no longer will I do this. No longer will I carry this burden. I'm not going to pick up Michael today, right? But last week, right, we used, uh, Mr. Smoker was a good example for us about the, the burdens that we choose to carry. Right? We're not doing that anymore, right? So even in the midst of the rest of the message today, if you, uh, you know, you know the people you're not forgiving, Right? And if you don't know the people you're not forgiving, just go through all of the key relationships in your life and um, tell me about, and write down the person that you, that you, would, um, you don't want to see if, you're, if you were in Wegmans this afternoon. Right? That's a good start. So I've got my list, right? I did the work this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about those, what we're going to do with those in, um, uh, in just a little bit. Um, but what I want you to do is open your Bibles to uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And we're going to be in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 31 through 32. And what... What the Apostle Paul does here is he, um, he describes what we get rid of in life when we forgive others as God in Jesus Christ forgave us. When, when, we, when, we, take on, when we take on the same measure of forgiveness that God has offered and extended to us, when we extend that to others, Paul then describes the things that, that get washed out of our lives as a response um, to our extending forgiveness, okay? So, uh, verses 31 and, and 32 of Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, get, getting rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving one another just as in Christ God has forgiven you um, I believe last week it was we also talked about the um, the relationship between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others, and how, and how God promises several times in his word to extend the same measure of forgiveness to you and I that we extend to those who have injured us, right? So that, 
so that the extent to which God forgives us is the same as the extent to which we forgive others. So if we forgive others this much, God forgives us what? This much. If we forgive um, others 70 times 7, as we saw in the parable last week, then God forgives us what? 70 times 7. It's really simple. I'm bad at math, but that's simple, right? Um, and so, so when we ask the question, what does Paul mean when he says, um, forgiving others just as God in Christ forgave you? We, we, we then we, we, we kind of sift down to the, to the magnitude of our forgiveness, right? One of the scriptures that we shared last week was from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 25, right? And just so you think that this is not just Paul's idea, Jesus himself, in several of the Gospels, this is just one example, Mark eleven twenty-five 25, um, says this, me, your pastor doesn't even have the right. Mark eleven twenty-five says, and when you stand praying, if you hold right, listen, this is the extent to which God in Christ has forgiven us, right? If you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins, right? Um, here's a kind of a, a, another way that, that, that Jesus and Paul kind of communicate the same thing, that, that we are to forgive others as, Christ, as God in Christ has forgiven us, right? Um, and what Jesus says is, like, if you, if, if you have anything, what's the extent? Anything. Against anyone who qualifies, anyone, forgive them so that God may forgive you. Anything against anyone. Listen, how does God in Christ forgive us? What is the measure? What is the totality? What are the limits of forgiveness? This is the answer God calls for forgiveness is is total immediate and unilateral forgiveness exists in totality total forgiveness when immediately right who, who does it extend to? Everyone. The person that hurt you the worst. The person that injured you the deepest. The, the one that makes your blood boil for what they have said or done or what they are continuing to do in your life. Total Immediate, unilateral forgiveness is how God forgives us. He forgives us totally. He forgives us 
immediately. And he forgives people unilaterally. There is no, there is no pausing. I will forgive. Well, let's just, can we just get some time in between what happened and, uh, and, and when I forgive you, God says? No, immediately, right? You know, you've done a lot of hurtful things, said a lot of hurtful things, um, really hurt the people around me, and there are some things that I'm willing to forgive, but I, I, I just can't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not forgive those things. No, no, total, immediate, and what? Unilateral. Well, it's, I mean, I'm going to, yeah, I'll forgive my wife every single time. I'll forgive my, my, my spouse every single time. I'll forgive this person every single time. But that person over there, man, they're evil. Um, they never stop hurting me. Their character is horrendous. You know, we go back into all of our rationalizations, right? They'll just do it again, right? Time will heal all wounds. They're not really sorry. I'll forgive when I, when I forget, right? We go into all of our rationalizations again, right, to, to say, well, I, I'll forgive this person, but I won't forgive that person. No, total, immediate, unilateral forgiveness is how God in Christ forgives us. Amen? Correct? Or am I wrong? Am I right? Okay, so I'm right. Okay? So if in Christ God forgives us totally, unilaterally, and immediately, then, then when Paul and when Jesus say, forgive others as God in Christ has forgiven you. When you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, you, will, you should forgive them so your Father in Heaven will forgive you as well. And then Paul comes in and says, hey, listen, forgiveness, the forgiveness of God in your life through Jesus Christ rids your life of these things. When, when, what, what is removed? The question is, what is removed when we forgive like this? Right? When we forgive totally, immediately, and unilaterally. What is removed from our lives? What tumors are removed? Okay? Maybe the question is, do you have any of these? I don't know if I need to forgive anyone. Well, do any of these sound familiar? These are, these are the symptoms, Paul says, of the disease of unforgiveness. Bitterness. Not just towards the person, but towards life altogether. An uncontrollable negativity about every situation, every relationship, every circumstance. It's bad. It's all bad. This is horrible. It stinks. Uncontrollable negativity. You're bitter. No, I'm just realistic. You're bitter. Unforgiveness produces bitterness. Anger. Anger is a... Is a um, relatively temporary explosion of emotion. And maybe the explosion is 
somewhat inward, right? It just stays inward. Sometimes it comes out, and sometimes it's just out, right? And sometimes your temporary is 10 minutes, and sometimes your temporary is like two days, right? But it, eventually it passes, right? Anger is that, that the, 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 the tendency and the proclivity to respond to negative situations with an explosion of emotion rather than a, a, a realistic response to it. Now, is all anger bad? No, not all anger is bad. But when you find that anger is your default response to everything that happens in your life, even a sliver of negativity, then yeah, you, your anger is not a default, right? And then we take anger one step further and we get to rage. Who here at the campfire, when you have a campfire, can't leave it alone? Right? You ever sit by a campfire and you're like, the dude that's got the stick, right? And just shuffling the coals around, putting more logs on, right? Like, right? Rage is when we look at the coals of our injury and we go like this. We continue to stoke the fire of our disgust and our anger to ensure that it never dies down. Because for some reason, um, that rage has become what energizes us, right? What motivates us. It's comfortable. We don't know how to deal with the emotion of, of our hurt. So instead, we transfer our emotion into rage and anger, and it, and it seems a lot more palatable to us to be angry about something, to be raging about something, than to do the hard work of forgiving someone, right? Brawling. How about when you see that person that you know you're holding unforgiveness about? It doesn't matter. It does not matter what the situation is. You will turn absolutely anything you can into a fight. A disagreement. You're wrong. You're, no. Even the simple things, right? Something simple at work, right? You got this, you got this guy that you don't like, um, and, and you're refusing to forgive him for something that he said to you three years ago, right? So whenever he brings up just the littlest thing, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. You're going to find something to disagree about because, because the attitude of unforgiveness develops a, a spirit of like willingness to like, let's go. I don't care what it is, but we're fighting about it. Brawling. Slander. Quick to tear down a person with your words. To catalog every single thing that they have done wrong. Right? Slander is the opposite of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 is the definition of love, right? Keeps no record of wrongs. Right? Slander is like a, hey, I've kept the record, it's complete, and let me tell you about it. And then finally, malice. Malice comes out of us, right? And we could not, if we were, if someone had a gun to our head, wish a good thing upon that person. 
I hope they fail. I hope they fall. I hope they lose everything. I hope everything about their life goes wrong. That they go down, that they sink down to the depths of their life. That they get what's coming to them, right? Nothing but ill will, malice towards them. These are the symptoms of unforgiveness. When we hold on to the hurt, where we hold on to the injury, and, and, and there, is a, there is a season of life where these things are, they're comfortable, right? There is a season of life where these things remain as like the way that we um, get through, move through difficult and painful circumstances, right? Because, because no, one has, no one has impressed upon us the tremendous freeing power of total, immediate, unilateral forgiveness. That, 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 that no one, that we have not yet come to grips with the, with the infinitely greater um, injury that we have done to God, that he has forgiven us, right? Then what someone has done to us and we refuse forgiveness to them and so when we come to a place of realizing how infinitely larger God's forgiveness of us is than the unforgiveness that we're holding against others and then when we come to the place of realizing that all of these things that you're carrying around with you all of these symptoms of unforgiveness this bitterness in your heart, the anger, the, the rage, the, the, the brawling, the slander, the malice is tearing a hole through your soul. It's, it's wiping a swath of destruction through your life and through all of your relationships. You're saying, well, why don't my relationships ever work out? Why can't I ever maintain long-term relationships? Look, because every long-term relationship requires forgiveness. Every relationship that, will, that, that keeps going requires regular forgiveness. Why don't I have friends? Why don't I have great relationships with my family? Why can't I maintain intimacy with my spouse? X, Y, or Z. It's because, it's because bitterness and anger and rage and slander and malice, all of these things root themselves in our soul and in our heart and they become our default of interaction with other people, right? When we hold on to unforgiveness instead of letting it go. Everyone remember the, if you've been here, you remember the triangle that we've been using on the screen, right? And the triangle has on the, the bottom, I don't know if we have it or not, but the, on the bottom is um, our identity, right? Is the lower level of the triangle. It's our most important part, right? Who we are, who Jesus says we are, who Jesus has made us to be in God, right? And then out of our identity as a forgiven person comes our actions. A forgiven person does what? Forgives, right? So action proceeds from identity. What proceeds from action? Feelings. Right? So we are a certain person 
Since we are a certain person, we act in a certain way. And when we act in a certain way, uh, it produces feelings that are associated with both our action and our identity. Yeah, here we go, right here. So we're forgiven. We are forgiver, right? And then when we are a forgiver, what does that, um, what does that bring into our life? It brings freedom. The feeling now that we have when we operate from the bottom of the triangle up is freedom. When we operate from the top of the triangle down, we walk around with an identity that is full of these symptoms of unforgiveness. Our identity now becomes bitterness, anger, rage, slander, malice, brawl. That's all we want to do, right? Say, well, I don't, well, how else could I act in life than, than the way I feel? I don't know. How many of you have kids, right? Or how many of you, can we have an honest conversation for a second? Right? Um, is it a healthy thing to act on everything that you feel when you feel it? Like, seriously? Like, I mean, come on. I feel some pretty horrible things sometimes. If I thought that, that the way I feel is an appropriate way to act in every situation, right? I'd be in jail. <laughs> I mean, come on. We all kind of understand that, right? Do we all understand that? You, you don't just do whatever you feel like doing. Okay? So if you don't always do whatever you feel like doing, it stands to reason that something else predicates our behavior our actions, the things that we do, rather than just the way that we feel. And the thing that predicates our actions is our identity, who we are, who God has called us to be, who God has made us to be. So, so as a forgiven person, I am going to, I don't know how else to say it, right? I am going to I'm going to do forgiving actions. How do I feel like forgiving someone? You don't feel like forgiving someone before you actually forgive them. That's step one, right? And when you start doing the things that forgiving people do, you will start feeling the things that forgiving people feel. Because actions come before feelings well geez i wish paul would say something about that here in ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 and 32 right well you're in luck here we are he says here are all the things you want to get rid of if you're going to forgive each other like god in christ has forgive you and here are the things that you're going to do right You'd be happy to see that the list of things you're going to do is much smaller than the things that you get rid of when you choose to forgive. He says um, in verse 32, be kind and be compassionate, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Kind 
and compassionate. Think about the person that you least want to forgive. Maybe the first person that's on your list. Like, oh, that was the easiest one to write down. Right? Kind and compassionate. What is kindness? Kindness is not a, ha, good to see you. I hope you die. That's not kindness, right? Kindness is a warmth towards a person that comes from the soul, not the feelings. Kindness is an identity-driven warmth expressed to another person, not a feeling, okay? A soul warmth. And it's exemplified in tangible action. Kindness is not a thing that you just feel. Kindness is a thing that you do. How can I be kind? How can I be warm to this person? How can I, how can I extend some tangible action of warmth to them. The second thing that Paul says here is to be compassionate. Some, uh, some interpretations will say to be tender-hearted. Um, and compassion here in this context is the, the readiness to feel the pain of another. It's to have a, an open spirit and heart towards them. You know, it's cliche, and it, I don't even like really using cliches, but like, you, you ever heard the hurt people hurt people? Right? You ever heard that? Right? And you know why someone hurt you? It's because they're hurt. You know, you know, why, you know why someone lashed out at you? Right? Because they're, they're insecure, and they're scared. Right? And they're not sure if anyone loves them for who they actually are. Right? And so, so compassion towards a person that has hurt and injured us is a willingness and a ready, readiness to feel their pain as well. To, to understand and experience their, their own hurt. Where, where they have been injured. To have, a, have an open heart and spirit towards them. Not a closed heart. Not a hardened heart. Not a, not a removed heart, but an open heart. A, heart. a heart willing to hear and receive their own hurt. Forgiving feelings proceed from forgiving actions which come from the heart of every forgiven person. Kindness and compassion are the, are the actions that a forgiven person takes to forgive others. But here's maybe where we get into a little bit, um, a little bit more 
I'll say practical things, but they're not horribly practical. Um, is this, a forgiven person must make the choice to forgive. There, are, there is a tremendous power in the decision and the words that, that we speak to ourselves and that we speak out loud and that we speak to other people about the choice to forgive. That's why when we did these cards this week, right, we, we wanted to make it intentional to say, I choose to forgive. And you need to let your, you need to let your ears hear those words. You need to let your, your heart receive them, right? Because there is a tremendous depth of power, right, when your when your mouth speaks something into existence and you let it take root in your heart, I choose to forgive him for what he did when. I choose to forgive. And it, and it must come as a, it must come as an intentional, rational, I can put my finger on the date when I chose to forgive them. Not a nebulous type of like, yeah, I think I forgive them or something. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I've worked that all out in my heart, right? No, you probably haven't, right? You probably haven't. But when you choose something, when I make the decision, I'm going to say, no, I, I'm choosing today to forgive. Today, listen, Today is a moment of decision. Today is a moment of decision for you. You must make one of two decisions. You must make the decision to either release someone from your unforgiveness and set yourself free, or you must refuse to forgive them and put God's forgiveness of you in jeopardy and continue to poison your own soul. I know I kind of weighted those answers there a little bit heavily in one direction, right? But, but listen, that's the choice you have, right? Unfortunately, you're here, and you're listening, and I'm presenting the options to you, and there is not a middle option or a third option. There is only the option to choose to forgive, to set yourself free, to eliminate the damaging emotions that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, or to refuse to forgive and jeopardize God's forgiveness of you, and to continue to poison your own soul. I refuse to forgive that person. What does the scripture say about God's forgiveness of us when we refuse to forgive others? Is it equal in measure? Yes or no? Yes, it is. Time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, right? The scripture declares that the measure in which we are forgiven is the measure in which we forgive others, right? Let's see Matthew chapter 6 verse 12. Like, we're going back to these, right? Because some of you aren't with me. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Verse 14, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, but if you do not forgive them, your Father will not forgive you. If you do not forgive them, your Father will not forgive you. How about Mark chapter 11, verse 25, what we already read this morning. Let's go back there. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins as well. How about Luke chapter 6? Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Listen, for the measure you used, it will be measured to you as well. Jesus. We must make the decision to forgive. We must make the decision to forgive. There are two things that happen here. Number one is that we make a decision, right? Today is a, a moment or a day of decision, of choice. And once we make the decision, right, it's likely that we will walk out of this place, right, and be, and be stricken again with, the, with the, the reality and the hurt that I made a decision to forgive, but I'm still hurt. I'm still in pain. I don't know what to do with that. Well, the first two things that we do, right, is we do the actions that bring about the feelings, right? We take up kindness. We take up compassion, right? The second thing that we do is understand that forgiveness is a moment of choice and crisis, right? And decision, but it's also a process. There's a decision, and there's a process. And when we've made a decision to forgive, but we're yanked back into the emotions of unforgiveness— we must return ourselves to the memory of the decision. No, listen. I forgive them. I forgive them. I have forgiven them for what they have done to me. See, the enemy the, wants to keep us in slavery to our hurt. And so when I, when I forgive someone, when I make a decision, a choice to forgive someone, right, this is what it means. It means I'm not going to bring it up to them anymore. You remember that time you did that thing to me? You said this. Yeah, I forgave you for that, but I'm going to remind you of it. No. We're not, I'm not bringing it up anymore to, to them. 
I'm not holding it over their head. I'm not using it as a big lever to, to manipulate them emotionally or to get something from them. I'm not going to bring it up to them anymore. I'm not going to bring it up to others anymore. I just need to tell you about what someone did to me. You, you need to know. I've totally forgiven them, but I want to plant these seeds of anger and bitterness and rage and slander and malice and brawling in your heart about them. So I'm just going to bring it up. Right? And what happens? Does that end up spilling over into your life? Of course it does. Okay? So I'm not going to bring it up to them anymore. I'm not going to bring it up to others anymore. Want to know the hardest one? I'm not going to bring it up to myself. I'm going to bring it up to myself. I'm not going to go sit down in the corner in my comfy chair and just stew over what they have done to me and remember it and relive it and review it and get myself all worked up and angry about it. No, I'm not going to go there anymore. I have forgiven them. I have they, they are released by the blood of Jesus Christ. Just as God has forgiven me, I forgive them. In the same manner in which God has forgiven me, I forgive them. And my forgiveness of them is total. It's immediate. And it's unilateral. You see, when I fail in the process of forgiving them, I must return to this moment of decision. Where, man, I forgive him for doing that. I forgive her for doing that. I forgive them for doing that. I forgive them. I let them go. I'm not going to bring it up to them, and I'm not going to bring it up to others, and I'm not going to bring it up to myself anymore. It is, it is erased as far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed my transgressions from me. At the deepest of the bottom, uh, at, the, at the bottom of the deepest ocean, right? As far as the east is from the west, it's removed. Surrendering my hurt to God, extending forgiveness, and the elimination of what they owe me, moving past and beyond it, not, not reminding them, not reminding others, not reminding that myself of what has been done. And when I fail in those moments, I'm going to return to this moment where I made the decision to say, enough is enough, I don't want these anymore don't want them anymore. It's kind of light, but I'll give it to him. I had you write these down for a reason, right? Because part of, cataloging, part of cataloging your hurt, part of the process of forgiveness, is making sure you know what you're forgiving, right? And then letting it go. Like, ah, uh, uh, I love this. It just reminds me of all of the things I'm holding on to, and I'm just going to keep it right in here. And every time I'm just going to take it out and read it. Oh, yeah, they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put it back away. Just reliving it, reviewing it. Keep going over it, right? No. No, we're not having this anymore. This, this is going bye-bye, right? 
This is going away. Not living in unforgiveness any longer. So, um, we have a fire outside. Okay? So, here's what we're going to do. All right? Um, I'm going to call the worship team back up. And uh, the worship team is going to come up, and uh, we're going to go back into worship. All right? Um, This is not an easy thing. There are people on this list that I don't want to forgive. I'm going to tell you that right now. I do not, I do not want to stop reliving the hurt that they've done to me. It's become a part of my identity. I don't want this anymore, though. So I'm getting rid of it today. But I know that I can't just get rid of this all on my own. I, like, I need God's help. I need God's grace to do it. I'm not going to be able to do this on myself, by myself. The healing, that, the healing that is necessary in this both in this decision moment for me and in the process of forgiving them into the future, not bringing it up to anyone else, not bringing it up to myself. It's not, not going to happen right off the bat. Like, I'm going to need, Lord, help me do this. Help me remember this choice of forgiveness that I have made. And so I intend to spend a minute here at the altar asking, like, saying goodbye to this. And asking the Lord to heal me from unforgiveness of these people. To give me an opportunity to forgive. And then, once I'm done praying, because I need help, you might not, I need help. Um, I'm going to walk myself outside, right, in my Canadian tuxedo here. Um, I'm going to walk myself outside, right, out the foyer doors, out one side of the main door. I'm going to drop this in the fire. And I'm going to come back in. And um, when I come back in, right inside this door on that black high table right back there, um, there's a, there's a keychain. And if you decide that you want to, if you decide that you want to give, get rid of unforgiveness today, right? You want to, you want to be set free from the chains of unforgiveness. There's a keychain to help symbolize and memorialize and help you remember the choice that you're making to break the chains of unforgiveness. And I don't know if I'm ever going to put a key on that keychain, but what I do know is that until I, can, uh, until I can get out of the pattern of unforgiveness of these people, I'm going to carry that keychain in my pocket. Or maybe I'll put it on a necklace and carry it around my, my neck, right? So that every time I'm tempted to bring it up to myself, or to bring it up to someone else, or to bring it up to them, I'm going to feel the weight of that thing on my neck. I'm going to feel it in my pocket. And I'm going to remember, no, I made a choice to forgive. And God is helping me to forgive even in my weakness. There's enough for everyone back there. So you might not need it, but I do. So you go outside. You can get rid of this. You can spend some time at the altar here before we go if you want. You don't need to spend time at the altar. If you're ready, like, yeah, man, I'm ready to get rid of this, you hop right up when the music starts. You run out there, you burn that thing, and you come back in and you worship as a person who is free. And if you want to come back in and come back up and pray, we're gonna, I'll pray with you. There, there are people here who are ready and prepared to pray with you. 
who have been praying for you and over you without you even knowing it all week. And we would welcome you to do that. Lord, I pray that as we walk into the decision of forgiveness, that you would rend and turn our hearts to you. That your Holy Spirit would break through the darkness and hardness of our heart. Lord, that you would give our spirit, you would make us favorably disposed to those who we've been holding unforgiveness. That our desire would be kindness and compassion, no ill will, no bitterness, no rage, no anger, no malice, no slander. And that we would walk into kindness and compassion. Lord, help us every moment of every day, every time we seek to relive the hurt. Lord, remind us of the choice that we have made today. Impress upon our hearts even more the depth of your forgiveness for us. In Jesus' name, amen.